This is the Windmill Dynasty Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Austin. Let's get started. Alright, welcome into the fourth episode of the Windmill Dynasty Hockey Podcast. Uh, today we will be covering my nine favorite shadow sleepers for the NHL Draft. Uh, Speaking of the 2023 NHL draft, we're only about 25 days away. Uh, Today I am recording, uh, this is June 3rd. So, uh, what is a shadow sleeper? A shadow sleeper is is a prospect who is stuck in the shadow of a prospect on their team, who is higher ranked, or uh, in this case, just uh, someone who gets talked about more. So, who are my shadow sleepers for this year's draft? Actually, before I get started, I want to just give a quick shout out to uh, Brett Coleman and EJ Snyder. Uh, they run the Bootleg Football Podcast. I got my inspiration for today's show from them. They did a great segment on the 2023 NFL Draft Shadow Sleepers, and I thought I can definitely apply this to my show. So, who are some players um, that I think are you know stuck in the shadows this year? My first one is Gavin Brindley. Uh, he plays at the University of Michigan. And he's definitely stuck in the shadow of the second-ranked prospect, Adam Fantilli. He put up 38 points this year, uh, had a great year. Uh, When you look at Gavin Brindley, everyone's probably going to talk about his compete and his skating. He's definitely undersized. I've seen, you know, Kyler Yamamoto comparisons thrown out there. I kind of see a bit of like a Tyler Ennis, maybe mixed with a Jonathan Marcia. So he's got a little bit of everything to his game. I think his shot is highly underrated. I think he can definitely score 25 goals in the NHL. Whether he gets there is completely up to does he get the playing time necessary. That being said, I do think he gets some playing time in the NHL simply because his compete rate allows him to be a great defensive player. He is all over the puck. He's incredibly physical He's small right now. He's only 160 pounds and he's 5'9", but I don't care. This kid plays with so much pace. He plays with so much intensity. I loved watching him with Adam Fantilli. I thought he was just such a good complement to his game. The playmaking was outstanding. Um, Another player who uh, actually looked really good on that line was Rucker McGrordy. The skating definitely is not, you know, a strong suit for him, but he really, uh, his overall... Uh, hockey IQ really stood out when playing with Fantilli and Brindley. So there's uh, there's definitely another interesting asset to look at if you are in deeper fantasy leagues. Where do I expect Gavin Brindley to get drafted? You know, I can see him going anywhere from, I'm going to say, 12 to 35. I could see him realistically going higher if a team just values that high compete rate and has, um, you know, doesn't have a, a glaring need in their top six and they want, you know, they can just throw him in there in the next few years and say he can be an energy guy for, you know, the first two years of his career until maybe he gets the opportunity to show some more. But at this point, I definitely think he's pretty easy to project to the second line. I think he has first line potential, but he's going to have to be able to put the puck in the back of the net a little bit more if he ever does reach that first line potential. So who is my second shadow sleeper for this year's draft well we're gonna look at the Kelowna Rocket defenseman Caden Price there is nothing inherently special about his game Um, he's not going to put up a lot of points in the NHL I don't think he's ever going to play on the power play do I see someone with the potential to you know carry the puck in transition he's going to deke out a few guys he's got some interesting skill in terms of his skating You'll see him just spin around in transition. 
start skating backwards with the puck and you're like okay this is a bit of an interesting move but he makes it work more often than not and it's uh it, it, he's a bit of an interesting player his zone entries you know he's not um he's gonna he's he's more interested he's more interested in carrying the puck into the zone than he is to uh to to create with passing uh, he's not the most skilled necessarily passer i wouldn't say he's someone that will ever quarterback a power play i don't think he should be on the power play in the nhl but if he is you've probably got some injuries um, that being said, I think he's solid defensively. You don't see him get beat wide too, too often. When he does, he does a good job of cutting the defender, cutting the forward off. He does, um, he does need to work on his balance a little bit when he's when he's turning from his from his forward skating to his back skating. But he's he's a solid player nonetheless. I think he's going to get taken anywhere in that twenty five to fifty range. It's this year's draft is really hard to project simply because once you get past that fifteen you know, 15th pick, you're really just, it, it just depends on personal preference. So I think, I think in terms of mock drafts this year, you're going to see players taken in the first round that you might not see in many mock drafts. And that's, you know, that's what's fun about the NHL draft. So who is my next shadow sleeper? This one is one of my favorites. I think this guy has the potential to actually be one of the better players from this year's class. And that's because he has one of the best releases. Uh, and that's Cohen Zemer. Uh, I thought when I first started watching him, you know, he's not the best skater. Uh, Corey Pronman definitely knocked him for that. That being said, I don't think he's as poor of a skater as Pronman necessarily rated him. And when you factor in that he's not as bad of a skater as, you know, Pronman was, was ranking him, I don't know how you can get him in this, you know, past 60. Like that's, that's way too far down in the rankings for my liking. I think he, he's definitely someone that you can look at and say, oh yeah, he could score 30 goals in the NHL with his release. There's no reason he can't. Uh, he definitely provides a lot of sandpaper. Like there was one play where a teammate just got absolutely destroyed in front of the net and he just dropped the gloves within half a second. Like he was he was there ready to go. He will, he will defend his teammates. He is just, he's a reliable player. Uh, he's not a great defensive player, but he's not a liability. The thing that I love about him you know, he's, he's been very, very consistent in his production in the WHL for two seasons, but not just that he did not miss a single game for two seasons in the the WHL. That's something that every single coach will look at and be like, Oh, you know, he's going to be there for 82 games. I love that. That's, you know, he's going to provide some goal scoring. He's going to provide some grit. He's going to provide a little bit of playmaking. He's not a great playmaker. Uh, He did increase his numbers significantly this year. Um, his, his goal scoring went down a little bit and his playmaking almost doubled. Um, I, I definitely, I think he, he plateaued a bit from his rookie season. That being said, I have so many good videos of him just snapping the puck from, you know, the faceoff dot and just beating goalies high consistently. He's got such a good shot and that will translate to the NHL, especially with his physicality. Maybe he's a second line player. I don't think he ever makes it on the first line, but as a second or third line winger, you would be very happy to have a player like Cohen Zemer on your team. Alrighty. Our fourth shadow sleeper for this year. You know what? Let's uh, let's skip the goalie, the only goalie I have on my list. We'll get to him later. Let's go to one of Zemer's teammates. Um, you might be thinking Riley Hyatt. Nope, not where I'm actually going with this one. Uh, this is a player who... He might get drafted this year. I think he definitely should. I would be shocked if he isn't drafted. 
Uh, he was a point per game player as a defenseman in the WHL as a as a D plus one player, which means he so uh, he wasn't drafted in his draft eligible season, but uh, in his draft plus one year, he's still eligible to be drafted, and he put up seventy four points in sixty eight games. I am referring to Hudson Thornton of the Prince George Cougars. Um, he is a very 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 interesting player. He's got some nice vision, doesn't have breakaway speed, but you'll see him accelerate in tight spaces and create space for himself and his teammates and it's you don't see it often but when he does it it makes you kind of double take because it's something you only see from a handful of players every year and I'm not sure if this is something that you know he actually has in spades or if it's something that you just see him break out every once in a while but if that kind of skating continues to develop and if he continues to develop his offensive game while just being a you know slightly below average defend you know defender in his own zone I think he's got a chance to play a um, an occasional power play role uh, you know be a sixth or seventh defenseman who can you know just plug and play on the power play and if you need some offense or if you need some minutes in a pinch I think he can eventually give you that in the NHL I'm not 100% sure he makes the NHL. This is a bit of a flyer. Um, in terms of my shadow sleepers, he's definitely the furthest down on the list. Uh, he's probably going to go in the 5th to 7th round in the draft this year. That being said, if you are in a very deep dynasty league and you need someone to stash, this would be a player who I would look at and say, you know, he might just cost you $1 of bidding money and why not take a chance on him? Uh, he's he's got the production for the last two seasons, uh, and he's he's got some interesting skills that I I would take a chance on with a really late pick, especially considering you're probably not going to know many of the players you're drafting after the fourth round. So this would be a guy that I would be comfortable taking in the fifth round. Moving on to a player who he is my favorite player in this year's draft class, not because I think he's going to be a superstar, not because he's He's not special at any one thing, in my opinion, but he's just really damn good at everything. This is Easton Cowan of the London Knights. He played a pivotal role for the Knights down the stretch. Uh, he played on a line with Denver Barkey and Ryan Winterton. Uh, Winterton was a third-round pick of the Seattle Kraken last year. Barkey will probably go somewhere in the third or fourth round. He could go in the second, but his size really limits his upside. Easton Cowan similar to Barkey, not a big player, but he's got a bit more size. He, he measures in at 5'10", 175. I have the, the first note I have for Cowan is uh, he will play in the NHL, mark my words. His compete is, is up there with Gavin Brindley. It's up there with Ryan Leonard. It's up there with all the guys in this class where you say they play with like their hair on fire, like a bull in a china shop. They're just, they never stop moving. They're all over the puck and they just make things happen. They very rarely are on the ice when bad things happen for their team. They almost always dominate possession when they're out there. That's what I love about Brindley. That's what I love about Easton Cowan. If you look at this year's draft class, there's so many short players that are going to be going in the top 100. The NHL is a, it's, it's obviously moving to a speed and a pace, a high pace, you know, uh, setup as opposed to let's see how many big guys we can get on the ice at one time. Will all of these really short kings make it to the NHL? I don't know. I'm not a pro scout. I'm not going to pretend to be one. That being said, when you watch London, 
they didn't have an exceptional amount of high-end skill players this year, and yet they just completely thrashed Sarnia. And Sarnia was Sarnia had a lot of really, really good NHL prospects on their team. You've got Christian Kairou, Luca Del Belbalutz. You've got um, Ethan Del Mastro, who got traded there later in the season. Oh, they're 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 just Sasha, Sasha Pasijov. Like they're they were loaded from top to bottom. And uh, you also have Nolan Burke, who is a, an undrafted free agent uh, for no, or for Nashville, who you know he he had a really 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 good year. I don't know if he's an NHL player, but I think my point being. London beating Sarnia definitely surprised me and it made me really reconsider how I view certain prospects on London. Um, one of them would be Isaiah George. Uh, he's a prospect for the New York Islanders. He's just he's just super steady. Um, nothing amazing about him, but I think he makes the NHL simply because he's just so so calm and he's just so good in his own end. And his breakout passes, he's he's just He's going to be that guy that turns into a, you know, a, a second or third defenseman. And you just, you ask yourself, like, how did he get there? And it was just slow and steady development. Um, and London has a lot of those guys. You know, Winterton is a player that I really liked last year. And he he definitely looked really good this year in the playoffs. Uh, Easton Cowan, back to Easton Cowan. One of the things that you noticed when he played on a line with, with uh, Barkey and Winterton was that he was such a good playmaker. And... It's not just that he's he's a good passer, but he's he's a good passer in many different facets of the game. He's great in transition. He finds a way to get his seam passes always on target. They always hit players in stride. He's great on the backhand. And that's one thing that Easton, he has more than most players in this draft is his backhand is very, very, very smooth. Not many players show the backhand ability that he has at this age. And uh, considering he only played one full season in the OHL, He's a guy that I think could have a big leap next year and that if you take him in the third round or if somehow you get him in the fourth, which he's, I think he was ranked 95th by Corey Pronman in his latest rankings or in his final rankings. I don't think he gets to 95 in the draft. I think a team will look at him in the 60s to 70s and say, you know, he might never play on the second line. He might not even play on the third line, although I think he will. But there's, it's just really hard not to project him to at least the fourth line. He can kill penalties, and when he does, he'll kill 20-30 seconds at a time just, you know, carrying the puck up the ice. And one of the things that shocks me is he actually creates a lot of offense on the penalty kill. Um, he's just, he's a kind of, he's the kind of player you really have to keep an eye on whenever he's on the ice. And it's, I, I just, I think he might be my favorite player in this year's draft. I will be targeting him heavily in the, the third round. If I don't get him, I will be trying my hardest to trade for him. Um, he's just my, my draft crush for this year. There's, you know, I watched probably five to 10 London games just because I couldn't get enough of Denver Barkey and Easton Cowan. And at first it was like, wow, this, this kid, Denver Barkey can skate. And then it was, oh, I really like Oliver Bonk and how he, he's just a super steady player, similar to Isaiah George. Although I would say, uh, Oliver Bonk has a, a lot more, He's a bit more of a steady, uh, steady player, but he also has some puck handling and some skating ability that really makes you uh, look at his long-term upside and, and wonder what he could be. I don't think he's going to go in the top 15, but I think that 20 to 28 range for Oliver Bonk is just about right for him. Uh, he projects to be a solid second-line defender. I could see him being a top-pairing defender, but he would need to operate a little bit better on the penalty 
on the on the power play and he would need to he would definitely need to improve his offensive game a bit more um Moving on to my final three shadow sleepers. We've got one more defenseman here, and uh, this is a player who I really like. This is Matthew Mania of the Sudbury Wolves. He he got uh, knocked by Corey Pronman for his compete. That's fair. Uh, he definitely has times in the defensive zone where he just kind of loses his man. He's not always aware of what's going on around him. That's definitely not going to be his his uh, bread and butter in the NHL will be defense. I think what you really like about Mania is that he can join the rush. And when he joins the rush, he's not just there to be a supplemental piece or to be, you know, a trailer. He's going to join the rush and he's going to try to score. And he can. And he did it many, many, many times where you say like, wow, like he skated through the entire neutral zone with the puck and he just like coast to coast. Or he, you know, he goes on a two on one and he makes a play to tip the puck in where you say like, you don't see many defenders doing this, especially in their, their draft year. Um, usually it takes them a, a few extra years to start really be willing to take chances. And he is he is willing to take chances. And with his size and with his skating ability, I don't blame him. Uh, the team he was on didn't have a lot of offensive skill other than Quentin Musty and Coach Adelic. Uh, they weren't really a team that screamed offense. Um that being said, if Mania can improve his defensive ability, if he can continue to be aggressive while really limiting his mistakes, there's some really high-end potential for Matthew Mania. I'm not going to you know, slam the table and say he hits it. I think he's got to improve a lot of things in his game. But the skating, the overall aggressiveness, uh, aggressiveness you can't really teach that. Those are things that you either have or you don't. And... I, I think he's got some potential for a second or third round defenseman. All right. Uh, moving on to the goalie. I've skipped the, my goalie here for quite a while, and he's not really a sleeper uh, in terms of goalies. He's probably the first or second ranked goalie on most people's board. This would be Trey Augustine of the U.S. National Development Program team. He is He's probably going to go in the 30 to 45 range just because teams are so desperate for goalies. And they just want to get goalies in their, you know, in their program and hope for the best. Um, in terms of fantasy, I think he goes anywhere from 20 to 35. I don't think anyone lets him get past 35 in fantasy leagues just because it's even worse in fantasy leagues. Like, it's just how do you find goalies without trading all of your prospects and all your picks? Because everyone knows if you're in a 32-team league, goalies are king. So... Um, what do I like about Trey Augustine? He's he's so like his lateral movements impressive. He's not the biggest guy. He's only about six foot, if I'm not mistaken. But I do I do really really like his calm demeanor. He's not someone who's going to be too aggressive. Uh, that's one thing I really like, as opposed to a player like Adam Gayan, who he's big. Uh, he's a Slovakian goalie for this year's draft. Um, He's way more aggressive than Trey Augustine. That's one thing about Augustine that I really like. He doesn't find the need to be as aggressive. That being said, he's he's gonna have you know he's gonna have an uphill battle. Most NHL teams want bigger goalies nowadays. That being said, if you stop the puck, no one cares. Devin Levi, he's not a big kid either, but he stops the puck, so teams don't care. You're gonna see a lot of teams try to trade for Devin Levi this year, and uh, if I'm Buffalo, I would definitely consider keeping him. But, you know, if a team like Montreal comes calling and offers you some picks and some prospects, yeah, I would consider it. All right. 
we've got one more, uh, actually two more. I'm going to include, um, this is a player who doesn't really have anyone on his team to necessarily be like a shadow sleeper, but he plays on a team with so many, so many great NHL prospects. He's been kind of moved to the third line, which sucks for his development. And it sucks because it's his draft year, but he still managed to put up a point per game. And that's Grayson or Grasson Sashin of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, he played, he's an American forward, another smaller player, but I love his game. He's rated like he's all over the place by, by scouts. I truly have no idea where he's going to go in drafts because I think he goes higher than most scouts have him. I think he does go in the first round just because teams are going to look at him and be like, okay, he, he managed to put up 58 points or 54 points um, on the third line in the WHL. Like that's, that's crazy. Despite being on one of the better WHL teams of all time, it's still very, very impressive for a, a draft player to do that on the third line. He's smaller. Um, some people say he doesn't have a good shot. I don't know what they're talking about. I think he's got a great shot. He can he can whip it in transition. He's not he's not going to be like a Samuel Hanzek who you know if he gets to you know take two steps and just absolutely unleash it. He's not he doesn't have that power to his shot, but I think he's got more than enough velocity on it, more than enough pace to beat goalies in transition. His skating is great too. I've I've seen a lot of different opinions on on Saushin and um I definitely uh, I'm definitely higher than the consensus on him I know some teams in the NHL that are much higher than the consensus as well so it's he's going to be one of those players that I think you just have to look at where he goes in the NHL draft and not worry about what the scouts are saying because at the end of the day the production if you just he like he passes the eye test in every in every single way between the skating between the playmaking he's got a great shot I think he's going to be a good NHL player. All right. For my final draft sleeper, um, this is a player I only got to see a few games of. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't, I wish I could see more, but I'm going to put him on here because I started banging the table for him about, about a month ago during the U18 tournament. And I said, I really like this Slovakian kid, Juraj Pekarczyk. He moves really well. He's really fluid and he's got some size. And in a draft that doesn't necessarily have a lot of size, like if you just look at the players I've talked about today, I think all of them are, all of the forwards are under six feet, which, you know, that's kind of, kind of crazy for uh, for an NHL draft when you're talking about a significant portion of the prospects being under six feet tall. So Uri Pekarczyk is definitely a bit of an outlier. He's got some, he's got some real size. He's, he's a fluid skater for his size and his compete level I think will allow him to play either center or wing. He's he's quite responsible defensively. I was really impressed to see how well he played on a line with Dalibor Dvorsky. I thought Dvorsky would just be the player that drove the momentum for the team, but it was actually Pekarczyk that I thought was the player that really drove the possession. And I thought he really set up Dvorsky quite a few times for some really, really, really good, good high-scoring chances. So it's He's another player that I'm, I'm not going to say that I know enough about. Uh, he only scored, I think, two points for uh, HK Nitra in uh, the Slovakian Pro League this year. That being said, he did put up some solid numbers in the, uh, in, the, in the Junior League in Slovakia. So he's a player that, you know, in that 40 to 60 range, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of people that would rather, you know, 
take the Canadian or the American prospect because they're a bit more comfortable. They've seen a bit more of them. I would say take a flyer on Pekarczyk if you've got a lot of second round picks or if you've got a, you know, a, an early third because I think he's got a really, really, really good chance to pan out. Um, he he shot up the draft boards in terms of uh, rankings in the last you know month or two. I've seen Pronman rank him in the 40s. I saw him go at 34 in a mock draft. So he's definitely on NHL teams' radars. I think uh, I think Corey Pronman is a bit more of a um, a scouting reporter as opposed to a true scout. That being said, if you look at his rankings, he tends to be pretty accurate. So I'm. Um, I, I, I'm not going to knock him, and I've, I, I mostly use Corey Pronman for rankings just because he does uh, he does give you more info, and his his rankings are a bit deeper than most that are out right now. So, um, my next episodes coming up will be uh, we're going to be doing a mock draft soon. Hopefully, I can get some of the guys from uh, the Real Housewives of Hockey on to do that episode, and I do have some plans to be putting out my rankings in the next few weeks. That being said, I know people in my fantasy league don't necessarily love how open and how much I talk about prospects. Um, I'm not... I, I would love to win my league every year, but I know that's not going to happen. This league for me is fun. It's something that I, I'm passionate about because I put a lot of work into it. And frankly, it's it's just a really neat concept. And I, I'm more than happy to help people out, you know, when they need, you know, if they need a prospect or if they need a, a recommendation on, you know, on a, on a player, then I'm more than happy to give my, my two cents because... It's more fun when people are competitive than when you've got, you know, five teams dominating the league and 25 teams that are constantly rotating in new managers because, you know, rebuilds suck. But in my league, they don't suck as much. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the draft. Uh, I hope to live stream the uh, the draft and potentially do a uh, three hour or two hour live stream episode where we just, you know, watch the draft and comment on the, the picks coming in as they happen. So Uh, This was episode four of the Windmill Dynasty podcast, and I look forward to uh, recording some more episodes soon. Have a good one.